This is Eric Rutan of Cannibal Corpse. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast with Andrew McKay-Smith. Greetings, everybody. Thanks so much for joining me. I appreciate it. I have a conversation with the singer of one of my favorite new groups to share with you. I'm talking about Emma Nasland from the Swedish outfit Galpa. Now, the catalyst for the conversation with Emma is due to the launch of a new album. It's their second from Galpa. It is titled Myriad, and it's their first for Nuclear Blast. Now, this conversation here, when I say it's special, I love being able to get to the bottom of things with a vocalist in a killer band. That's exactly what we do here. We talk about all sorts of topics. It's uh, a bit of a Pandora's box, if you will, of topics. So it's one of those conversations that I want you to sit back and relax and just take it all in because, yeah, Emma and I, We have a very expansive chat about all sorts of things, mostly related to Galpa, but, you know, we're human, so we talk about life as well. If you have tuned in via the podcast apps, you're in for a treat because I'm going to share a tune from the album Myriad with you. This one is titled Diametrical Enchantress. Unfortunately, if you're listening and watching via YouTube, I can't share the tune you guys know how it is with bloody youtube unfortunately but do check out diametrical enchantress on youtube if you're already on the platform either way you'll either soon hear from emma or here she is right now let's go Cheers. How are you going? Hello. Yeah, it's all right. How are you doing? Plug it away. It's uh, never a dull moment, I've got to say, at the moment. It's uh, just one thing after another, but I'm not complaining. It's uh, 
just uh, the busy life of life at the moment. What can I say between uni and work and family shit and uh, yeah. then, then musical pursuits? I'm sure you know all about it to some extent. To some extent, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. puzzle of life. The puzzle of life. That's a very good way to put it. It's just to making sure that everything fits in rather than jamming everything in. Yeah. You know, how's, uh, how's the calls and the meetings, the Zoom meetings, these sort of things, how have they been going on the promotional trail for the album? Uh, I think well, I hope well. <laughs> uh, it's been very nice uh, to uh, talk to different people. Um, and, um, you know, I'm surprised that um, people have an interest in what we do. <laughs> mm. So it's, it's very, I'm very grateful to be able to do some interviews. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's, there's two matters at play there. Okay, you're a great band, so I'll say that to begin with. I mean, you don't, you're not a great band. If you, you, sorry, you are a great band, but the fact that Nuclear Blast have taken an interest in you that just adds to the whole thing. And of course, Nuclear Blast have now given you this platform that you can't get independently, can you? No, I would say it's a huge difference uh, now. Uh, we have. Uh, Someone asks us, when are you avail available to do interviews? And then we just fill in, pencil in a little schedule. And then it's like, all right, mm. uh, this time, click on this link. And uh, we get transferred to, like you, I get to meet you now in this way. And mm. this is a huge help, of course. Uh, we never had like someone who concerned uh, their, themselves with PR. So yeah, yep. that's very helpful. For sure. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Yeah, but as I say, the quality's there. I'm loving this album, by the way, Myriad. Uh, it, it took me by surprise, I've got to say. You get a lot of stuff sent to you, as you can appreciate. But um, I'm a, I'm in my mid-40s, as people and that listen to my podcast don't like me reminding everybody, but I am. And <laughs> the reason I say that is because it, and people who listen to me were virtually the same age, so I get a lot of older people listening to my show. Mm -hmm. Compared to the twenty-year-olds, I'm talking about. So, but uh, the detail in that is that I come from the '90s. Okay, so mm -hmm. that's my formative period, and bands like the Jesus Lizard, Rage Against the Machine, Tool, this sort of thing—they're part of mu the musical wallpaper I grew up with. Even if you didn't like the bands, they were there whether you liked it or not. Pearl Jam, etc. Yeah. But on the heavier side of things, before you got into death metal, these were the groups that were around. Now. Particularly Jesus Lizard. I don't know. I, I can probably say for sure without knowing for a fact, nobody's given you that feedback before that you have elements of their sound in your sound, which I think it's a wonderful thing. And mm -hmm. one thing I can almost say for certain is people have given you feedback about Bjork as well. Okay. So I've certainly heard yeah. that too, but I think that's, I don't think that's quite on the money though, to be quite honest with you. I think that's just an easy way out for people to go, ah, it's a heavier version of Bjork. No, it's not. Okay, sorry, I know this is a bit of a long one and I tend to do that, but bear with me. That's all right. What I find is you've got plenty of groove, which is what I love. I love the groove that you guys have got. Then you've got your your vocal over the top of it, which just matches everything very well. And my favourite cut so far from you guys is Diametrical Enchantress. So I've thrown a lot at you then. There's probably been a lot to absorb, but do you agree with some of what I've said or all of what I've said? Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course, you have, you have a have a point. Um, thank you for uh, saying the nice things, and uh, it's always great to, to hear. Um, yeah, a lot of people. Uh, when you hear music, people tend to try to sum it up as easily as possible. Oh, this band sounds exactly like this and this and this, and that's yeah. it. Like, you know. Um, so, so I think people think it's so important to um, put everything in a box, like different genres and different everything. And for us, uh, this is just what happens. We sound the way we sound uh, because it's the five of us coming together to create music. Uh, if someone comes with a, a riff and it's like, uh, hey, guys, what do you think of this? And we jam on it for a while. Every time. It take uh, when everyone is in in, in this process together. Uh, the songs take on a different shape, mm -hmm. and uh, it starts out uh, like one thing, and then it becomes what it uh, ultimately 
is, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah, I get um, it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, but we have a, a yeah. lot of different influences in the band as well. We can agree on some bands like, oh, this band, I like this band. And another guy in the band might like the same band. Um, for example, me and uh, Daniel, we uh, bonded over the love for Queens of the Stone Age and Caius. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, that too. Of course. Yeah. And bands, uh, and, and me and David, we... Uh, some years ago, we realized that we both really liked the, a band called Gentle Giant. Yeah, prog band, or another, yeah. Yeah. Band. So, yeah. so we come we come together on different um, and agree on different bands that we really like. Uh, so, I think our sound is a mix of all of us. We have different musical backgrounds. We have been in different bands um, and projects before this mm. band and then it all comes together and just ends up like this yeah sounds like myriad there you go <laughs> the songs that are on myriad <laughs> yeah. yeah no it's good it's good stuff so do you guys hammer things out in a rehearsal room or do you share ideas virtually by file sharing uh virtually and in the rehearsal rooms i would say um we use uh, drive <laughs> a lot uh, so sometimes you can put up a riff in, in Drive and people listen to, in, to it and then we try it out in the rehearsal pit. And uh, sometimes we jam on something and we record it with a cell phone and we'll put it again in in, in the computer. And then I mm -hmm. um, put it in my home studio and I work with sounds and harmonies and try out lyric ideas. Um because not uh, when it comes to lyrics, it, it doesn't always just fall out of your mouth. It's uh, on diametrical enchantress. It did. <laughs> mm -hmm. We were jamming on it, me, Jimmy, and uh, David, and I, I just said words, and it was like, "Yes, this is. I'm going to keep sure. a lot of this." Yeah, and but that doesn't happen a lot. So sometimes you need to um, think it through and um, throw around. Um, the words and uh, sometimes I would uh, I will um, improvise like how I would like to sing and then put words that sound like the sounds I made. That's and, interesting. Yeah. I think James Hetfield does the same thing. Oh, uh -huh. didn't know. Yeah, because I remember buying. I don't know that for a fact, as I say, but I remember buying the single. For until it sleeps back in '96 when it first came out, and mm -hmm. uh, it had a version of the song where he was making word sounds, and you could hear that he was trying to fit syllables and words into certain spaces where eventually lyrics would would happen. So it's a it's a it's a very good way of doing things and hammering things out. I think it's. Uh, I found that it's. Uh, it it could be hard in the beginning as a singer to uh, jam. Because you're you're kind of bound to oh I don't know what to sing I I I want to have a some sort of lyric that I can sing to this blues or whatever, but I think if you uh, make up words and sounds, you can improvise easier. Hmm. Yeah, just talking about the overall package of Myriad again. So mm -hmm. it is your, it's your second album, I understand, mm -hmm. and. Okay, so we talked about the nuclear blast thing, but I did listen to your first album as well, and that's a great riffs. Everything's there, but it's unmistakable that there's a, a there's a jump, there's a quite a big jump in terms of the quality of songwriting mm -hmm. and the production and the overall package. Uh, do you agree with what I've said, or do you feel like as though there's not been as much of an obvious jump between the two? I guess for us, it's not very obvious uh, because it's. Uh, as I said, uh, it's the five of us writing songs, but I guess um, you evolve all the time. And the, the guy that records us, uh, he's been recording everything we ever recorded and he grows and evolves as well. And you get better uh, with time, <laughs> mm. I guess. So hopefully uh, you're leveling up. Yeah. I get you. Yeah, the, the debut is great too, but uh, you've got two very good albums out there at the moment. So, thank you. With uh, is the album released yet? Sorry, I should check that. But is Myriad actually out there on Spotify for people? No, uh, it comes out, uh, I believe, next week. Next week is it? Okay, 
All right. So think- people won't have the yeah. Well, most of the people listen to this in the next sort of week or so that they might not actually have the the uh, references that I'm talking about there. But yeah, it's just it's what I like about the production quality here. It's more intense. So your sound mm-hmm. doesn't change too much. Like it's not like you got louder and angrier, but it's more mm-hmm. intense. I think it's captured more of that intense vibe that you've got, and a lot mm-hmm. of that does come down to your voice. So I already talked about okay. the musicians and they're able to groove. But you've got a mighty voice in that you can whisper and you can roar, but both have you've got a like a white knuckle intensity about it, I feel. It's <laughs> it's like uh it's like you're not holding back, you're getting right into it. I, I was listening to Kathleen Hanna from Bikini Kill today, and I was mm-hmm. thinking, wait, you guys are nothing alike, but you're in a similar ballpark in terms of your emotive qualities. So were right. you taught were you taught to sing and can you tell me how you developed that vocal technique that you've got? Yeah, um, I practiced. <laughs> um, mm. Well, I, yeah, I went to some music schools and I had like some lessons in singing, but I, I would say it didn't do a lot for me. Some yeah. lessons were okay, but mostly I collect sounds. Um, I'm very fascinated by sounds you can make. Um, with your own voice hmm. and you practice your craft like uh, any other musician i would say and um i think for me it was a key thing uh, not to be afraid to sing not so pretty <laughs> because a yeah. lot of uh, girls growing up they want to sing very pretty and very perfect and uh, I'm not really like that. I'm more interested in in sounds and um, different techniques. And of course, you have to um, you have when you uh, rehearse vocals and you try to wheel your voice in a in a certain way, you will discover what is co- what comes natural to your um, vocal cords. And for me, the way I sing, uh, it comes natural, and I. I was able to access um, a wider range uh, in my voice. Okay. Yes. Now, <laughs> be, you, well, you've got a you've got a broad range. Okay. So, do the lyrical themes? So, when you're singing about certain lyrical themes, does that determine how intense your vocal is? Good question. I'm, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> Actually, yeah, uh, it's, it's it's a tough one. I know because it's. Yeah, I mean, how you're feeling at the time can also influence the way you sing in the studio at the time, this sort of thing. Yeah, but I guess it varies a lot for me. But um, something that I have thought about is (laughs) uh, when we're going to do live shows, uh, I find myself thinking, oh, my God, in every song there's something major happening. And I was like, if you sung more normal, (laughs) um, perhaps you could... Um, easier do longer shows so (laughs) you have to keep it up you have to practice it's like um with um when you work out you have to work out to keep um your body in a certain shape so i think it's the same with the vocals so true yeah you feel that don't you after you haven't been singing or playing for a few weeks or so then you go back on stage and do it you're like oh my god i feel like i'm slammed yeah so I have to practice a lot for uh, May, yeah. especially next year when we're going out on, on tour. Who are you touring with? Uh, we're touring with uh, Uncle Acid and the Deadbeats and Blood Ceremony. Okay, I'm not familiar. Tell me, because I, I was going to, this is a good segue, because Nuclear Blast don't have a lot of bands like you guys, Okay. And mm-hmm. I know you got you got a different management, you know, the label's different to the management company and the tours are organised differently. But who would you pay? Who would I pair you guys with? And, you know, the one band I was thinking you'd go down great with, and I, I hope this happens, Corrosion of Conformity, because they're a nuclear blast. Mm-hmm. That would be perfect. Um, all right. Oh, perfect. Oh, you guys would be a, a match made in heaven from a fan's perspective. But Blood Ceremony and the other band that you mentioned there, are they in a similar similar style to you guys or different well in in some ways uh i i guess we uh a thing we have is that we are not uh, only uh a rock band 
or only a metal band. So we mm. are easier in that way, I would think, to uh, put together with different bands um, that it would be okay. But uh, you haven't listened to Uncle Acid? No, I, I first time hearing of the band. Oh, must do confess, it. So I'll check them very out. Very nice. Yeah. Oh, you have a listen. It's it's great stuff. Where are they from? <laughs> Good question. Not Sweden. Um, They're European, I take it, are they? Yeah, I think so. But I, I should remember this. Uncle but I Acid, don't. yeah. I, I, I get so much stuff sent to me. I tend to re- my I, my orbit tends to revolve around the the people who send me the songs, and mm-hmm. it's, it's John from Nuclear Blast and a few other oh, people. Yeah. And I get hundreds. Of, yeah, John's a lovely fella. You know, I get I get hundreds <laughs> of stuff sent to me a week sometimes because I've got a music yeah. show as well. I've been playing you guys on my music show. I've enjoyed. All right. Yeah, when John started drip feeding through the stuff, I thought I'll give these guys a listen, and and I went shit. This is left of centre for what normally comes through, so I'm liking this because you because <laughs> you get all this death metal stuff, which I love, by the way. I'm not criticising death and black metal and extreme metal, yeah. But you've got to have some different stuff in there, so as though you have your you're listening to music, but you have a break from listening to that sort of music too. So you look forward to getting back into it. But it just so happens that you guys are enjoyable to listen to at the same time, so it's not a chore if that makes sense. <laughs> Endurable to listen to. It's nice. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you go. It's almost a compliment. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it sums it up pretty, pretty much, pretty well. Um, no, but it's it's still very strange for us to, that that people in different parts of the world listen to what we do and actually yeah. care. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's mm. very strange. Uh, this to this us. could be the beginning of really big things for you guys, though, for the whole band. Do, do you feel that way, given given that it is your introduction to, you know, talk first time maybe talking to people in Australia and maybe even the US, that sort of thing? Well, hopefully. <laughs> uh, but, you know, um, we are uh, just as we are uh so you don't feel like oh yeah we're gonna be super big it's Mm. that's very strange thing to even think uh we just we're just happy that people like what we do and um, you know when you play a show it's nice if someone attends (laughs) Uh, and that it's not just our friends and family who you know supports the band we have uh, reached Mm -hmm. um, quite a few people at this uh, time, but it, but it's just us, you know? <laughs> so we don't, I, I don't think we, any of us feels like it's going to be super big, but you know, it's a dream of course, to be able to play music and ultimately not have to have a lot of day jobs. Yeah. But are you at that you, point? Are you at that point where you can ditch all of the? It will, you know, when I say distractions, can you just focus on the music at this point from a financial perspective? No, <laughs> unfortunately not. Uh, when Jimmy called me and said, "Oh, we had a, we got an email from Nuclear Blast," I was like, "All right," and I uh, went and quit one of my day jobs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one of them, yeah. That sort of tells yeah, the story, though, one doesn't of it? Them. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, um, no, but you're not in it for the money. Um, but it would well, be nice. <laughs> yeah, I think you need to be rewarded. I mean, this is the issue. I mean, I've not been paid a cent for doing this for years. You know, I mean, I don't expect to be. By the way, it's no, it's beside the point when you're you podcasting. Yeah, I mean, you do it. You know, Rob Zombie said years ago, you do it because you do it anyway. Yeah, you know, it's and- just something you have to create. You have to. Uh, be creative and some people paint and some people write songs it's just something that needs to come out from from the inside i would say and i know for a fact that uh, when when i um, wasn't in a band at a moment and other guys in the band as well when you didn't have a band you get very depressed yeah, I, I can relate big time. Yeah, if I don't do this and if I don't play music, I I, I feel not me. That's the easiest way of yeah. describing it. It's tough work. Yeah. I mean, it's it, as you know, it's you you, to, you you've already said it. You've got to practice all the time, and you've got to keep on doing things. And there's never a moment where you, maybe when you're going to bed, sleeping, that's the only time you get. But otherwise, it's all work. Well, but it's a, work that you choose to do. 
Yeah, of course. And uh, when you go to bed, I, I've been, I, I've had uh, a lot of problems of falling asleep because when I, when you go to bed, yeah. you get a lot of ideas. It's like, oh, this, I'm going to write down this uh, line for lyric. And also maybe I should record this. And you have like ideas uh, that you have to tune out to go to sleep. This is something mm. you have to learn to function in a society as an adult. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unfortunately. I meant to ask this question earlier, but but lyrical themes, do you, do you sing about anything in particular or do you have a, a lyrical narrative that you follow, so to speak? No, I write, uh, um, it's very different what I write about. Of course, relationships and uh, um, human uh, the human, um, the destructive relationship that humans have to the environment, and or obviously things that go uh, on in the world, um, but also just ideas. Uh, you read a book and you get spinning on an idea. For example, Exoskeleton, uh, that mm -hmm. song is about turning into an exoskeleton creature. Um, if you split a stone open and some liquid comes out on your fingers yeah. uh, and it, this will transform you into an exoskeleton being, I thought maybe it would start with your nails and your nails would sort of grow uh, wow. and take over your arm. Yeah. And this came from, surprise, surprise, uh, Kafka. I read the book, uh, The Metamorphosis. Okay. Uh, yep. And I actually forgot to read the most famous line uh, when they tell you he's turning into like a beetle or something. So somehow I missed that. <laughs> I don't know how. So when I read, I was like, what is happening? This is so inspiring. What is, what is he turning into? And I missed that. So that got me spinning around that theme. Hmm. So it varies a lot. I try to read a lot. Yeah. I, yeah. And work with lyrics in different ways. Some, sometimes, uh, as I told you, uh, a lyric uh, power line will just fall out uh, from your head and mouth. And uh, sometimes you have to really work um, to get something off, decent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, as I said, I can understand, yeah. Are there any topics in general that interest you more than others? Because you, you're obviously intellectual, so you read a lot. But do, do you gravitate towards certain types of books, like sci-fi books or uh, creative nonfiction, this sort of thing? Yeah, I enjoy sci-fi books and dystopic uh, fiction, like magic realism, and mm. uh, and uh, but sometimes also kitchen sink realism um, and poems. <laughs> You don't want to watch the same movie all the time and you don't want to read the same book all the time and you don't want to listen to the same bands really all the time. <laughs> so I guess it's, it varies a lot. It's so boring to answer like that, but yeah. Do, do political themes and issues around uh, current affairs influence your lyrics at all? Yeah, I would say, but um, I don't. I like lyrics. Uh, personally, I like lyrics that... Um, it's a little bit more like a poem uh, in the way that it's not, uh, you don't write anyone on the nose. There's a Swedish expression. I don't know if you have it, <laughs> but that that is a... I've spoken a to enough Swedes, I think, to know where it comes from. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, but you, you don't, I, I don't enjoy lyrics uh, when it's obvious this is about this and yeah. I went on the street and I saw this guy and then I went to uh, it can be it, a lyric can be like that but the lyrics that uh, speaks to me the most is the lyrics that I can um, uh, choose to think that this is for me this is obviously about what I'm feeling and thinking and this is this echoes in me uh, so I like lyrics that you can decide for yourself what it's about. I don't I, usually I don't um, yeah write people on the nose. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. But I think I think it hints at the fact that uh, the world is your oyster from your intellectual perspective. There that you haven't picked any one thing like the band. Like I'm not picking up Fear Factory here, by the way. But you know, Fear Factory started to write about 
breakups and relationships and stuff, people go, what the fuck is going on here and now? This sort of thing. But at least you've got this whole platter of things. So you're starting here or you've started, you know, with your debut. You're now on this, this great album out. But where you go to was totally up to you from here, and that includes the lyrical things. Uh yeah, and I, I think that is also a luxury um, to have creative freedom. And uh, we were lucky, um, of course, that the Nuclear Blast didn't want to change uh, our sound or anything. Um, yeah. So th- it is a freedom and it, you have to try to uh, channel the thought that the world is your oyster and you want to be knee deep in that oyster. <laughs> So good, yeah. I love the way you frame it. I think, yeah. I think also because uh, one of one uh, old song from the EP is called the uh, Feberschwan. Uh, it's a seven more than seven minute long song, and this uh, song has been played uh, a lot um, around the world. It's mm. one of my uh, one of our uh, most uh, streamed songs, I think. Yeah, it is. And this song is yeah. about the lyric Sorry, is yeah. two lines. Mm. Um, Actually, that I repeat, and I thought when I when I created the vocals that I uh, that I think I think of my vocals to be the sounds of a feverish swan. Okay. Of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah. Okay. No, that's awesome. Yeah. And there was another song. Uh, I've got to look it up now, but that I did listen to it quickly. But the drunk auto pussy wants to fight you. To me, that yeah. sounded sounded like some fuckwit in a pub when you're having a beer and you see they're trying to punch on with a bloke because they don't like your football team or something like that. Is that what I did read the lyrics, but I haven't listened to the song yet, but is that what that song is about or what's it? What, what In other words, what's it about? <laughs> well, um, for me, again, I can only say what it's about for me. Uh, you get to choose uh, your story. Um, <laughs> but if, if you find yourself on a pub in a pub and um, you get mansplained a lot, can happen sometimes, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, finally you go, nah, I, I, nah, I had enough, and you um, just want to deliver a knuckle sandwich. Yeah, I thought that might have been uh, the same there. But this yeah. is a mental knuckle sandwich. Uh, I don't like violence. You ought to be a lover, not a fighter. <laughs> but it's that's the kind of um, energy in in that song. <laughs> That was so the first you, single we ever released. That one, was it? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. We did oh, a, I just love the video. title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's, it's the, the if you see the cover on uh, Spotify, it's, you know, the hook that on a wall that looks like a, a drunk octopus uh, okay, that I would yep. like to fight you. Yes, I know. Yeah, yeah, oh. this one. Yep, yep. So the drunk octopusy, it's kind of, this, yeah, I know the, the one. It's a hook. Yeah, yeah someone's around. put texture on yeah. it. Yeah, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen it a few times around town. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. people uh, take a photo of that hook when they find it and they tag us. That's very nice. <laughs> All right. Like so that. They, yeah. Okay. And that video you. was was the first we recorded. Uh, David made the video in our band. He had a, like a GoPro camera. Uh, camera. Sorry, common eyes is which word. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we drove around our uh, rehearsal. Uh, space at the time in a tiny car so yeah and in the end of that video we have the uh, performance and acting performance by the director guy who did all the other videos for um raw and diametrical um, enchantress and uh, so he's actually in that video as well <laughs> Okay, sweet. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, I've seen your new videos, uh, the videos here for Myriad, but uh, I'll check out some of the older ones as well. Yeah, but just uh, it's uh, you, more low key. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. But you, well, you brought up something interesting there, like with the mansplaining thing. Uh, do, do you, so mm-hmm. obviously, being in a band with blokes as well, do you, is that when you go to when you go to venues, or what's the circumstance there where a lot of that sort of thing happens? Is it when you go to venues and people don't? who don't know shit right don't think you're in the band this sort of thing and they start talking to you like as if you don't know what's going on or what have you or what's the context there this uh it's not uh, a thing that has happened a lot uh, with the galpa uh, for me the mansplaining thing and when we um, play shows but i have like friends that are guitarists women 
that are guitarists and the, you know, the sound guy would, would come up and like, do you know where to plug this in? And they're yeah, like, right. yeah, I've been playing for a lot of years. And you get kind of uh, bullied by some of the sound guys. It's like, oh, you don't know anything. So uh, as a woman, I think it's um, it can happen sometimes that people, uh, you need to prove yourself mm. hard before anyone would even consider to be nice and take you serious as a musician um this is my experience and also the experiences uh, i know uh, fellow women musician have had if yeah it's you know. interesting <laughs> yeah oh i play in a band with a female singer that's all and she does and she and her husband her husband and her manage the band and uh yeah i couldn't imagine anybody telling her what to do that she'd punch them out <laughs> if it's uh yeah oh, but i mean it I sort of gets con- to that point yeah. i was in contact with the uh, who sings in blue spills yeah um uh, yeah. we come from the same uh town actually oh, right. okay Sweet. <laughs> and uh, and uh, and uh, um we we talked about when we joined Nuclear Blast, and she was like, "Oh yeah, don't so don't take any shit." That was her, <laughs> and I think yeah. that's important to remember that just try to own it and uh, don't take shit from anyone. Um, but that goes for girls and boys, I would say. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, I, it's interesting. I had my my. Uh... The I've been doing this for five years or so, and I met and I know quite a lot of the musicians. So when I say no, we do this, and then we keep in touch over email or whatever. And um, mm-hmm. but one of the members of a more prominent band who I wasn't mates with didn't know him from a bar. So I just saw him in the venue, and I asked him where the other bloke was who I do know quite well, and he more or less told me to fuck off. And I was like, wow, that's interesting, isn't it? That rock star thing even exists within <laughs> what we do. And uh, he doesn't know me from a bar of soap, and I'm not saying I've got a platform, but I kind of have a little bit of a one. And um, and it shouldn't uh, matter. You ought to be kind. You you ought to be nice to people. I know. At least try. I, you I know. Wish, yeah. So I think it it shouldn't matter if you play in a big band or a small demo band or if you do the sound. Everyone ought to be kind. I think it's yeah, not that hard to try to be a little bit kind. I tend to agree. Don't worry. It actually put a dampener on the rest of the night, to be honest with you, because as a band, I was truly looking forward to seeing it. I caught up with the fellow who I know quite well, but um, it was like one of those moments where I was like in, in, I met heaps of guys backstage and, you know, out and about in town and stuff. And they've all been called this one guy. And I'm thinking, God, that's not a bad strike rate though. One in 700. So I think I'm more Mm. just saying this for for, for context for the people when they listen, you know, like, like I think to your point, like, like, like you got to stand up for yourself, but in my experience, most people, almost everybody are very cool. And uh, it's just when that one thing happens, you go, wow, shit. And you sort of more appreciate the relationships and the experiences and the, and the interactions you have with the other people that are cool because of mm. it and uh yeah but i can I, just to you know close the envelope on that that point about ladies and, and musicians yeah it's it's very weird yeah. that there's any there's any bloke out there even girls uh who might think that chicks shouldn't be on stage or part no. of the machinery of what it is that we do because in my experience i mean look at just about every death metal band or black metal band or whatever these days. there's so many women that are doing it these days it's it's a redundant statement to say that this is a bloke's thing because it just—it's definitely observably not. No, and I think um, girls uh, are kind of raised to um, compete with each other. Uh, yeah. If one girl is a great singer, one girl is allowed to be a great singer, and this is this is bullshit. Because if I'm a good singer and another girl is a good singer, that that doesn't make me any less of a good singer if someone else also is good but some somehow um we're raised to believe that it's a competition and it's not no it most certainly isn't that's very strange isn't it to your point that there is a hierarchy that exists out there where people like to classify one's better yeah. than another or what have you like we're all you know have five we all have five beers and go oh this is my favorite band and morbid angel or whatever i do that but i'm not i've never looked at it from a perspective that one vocalist is technically more superior than the other because some of the best vocalists sing stuff that they don't use all of their vocal ranging 
So mm-hmm. how can you say someone's the best vocalist? Like Ripper Owens, fantastic vocalist. And one of the best vocalists I've ever seen live, for example, but they're probably, I've probably seen many like him just from the perspective that there are many that can do what he does, but they choose to play more gruff music or what have you. So, yeah, it's, uh, mm-hmm. look, I think the older you get, what I find is the older you get, the more accepting of things you become. Certainly I do. And uh, yeah, you kind of you kind of um, hopefully you uh, you calm down a bit Mm -hmm. with age, and and you 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 try to um, no, you appreciate also uh, kindness. Uh, When you're younger, it's like oh, this is a very kind person. It's like oh, that's really boring to say about someone. But mm. it's not. It's fantastic review of a person if someone is kind. I would say. Oh, the older you and get, I, I yeah. Sorry, interrupted. No, I agree you with you. When, no, it's okay. Sorry, I I do that as as well. <laughs> but uh, I think Mark Lanigan is was a fantastic vocalist, one of my favorites, and yeah. just a really good voice. Doesn't have it. Doesn't have to be thousands of uh, things happening uh, vocal techniques and everything is just very very soothing voice to listen to it's just yes. one example of what you were talking about yeah Riv- Sorry, rivers I- cuomo no you're right though rivers cuomo from weezer same thing a band that i've loved for years you know they're not exactly hard mm. rock or metal or what have you i suppose they're hard rock in some ways but uh yeah, there's. I mean, it just depends on your emotive state at the time too, and what you reach for. And uh, uh, God help me for saying this to a vocalist, but a, a lot of the music I listen to these days is, is instrumental or is classical. Uh, in my own time, especially, but mainly because I, w- I work here, I work from here, I'm a journalist, so I work at home, yeah. and um, I can't work with a lot of music that has lyrics in it because it tends to. I tend to stop what I'm doing and focus on that too much. Classical and instrumental music, on the other hand, particularly music that doesn't have drums. I've been to find droning mm-hmm, on in the background. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Just gets everything going, especially because I'm doing my master's at the moment too. So the study really helps me on that front as well. Oh, yeah. Um, I so, can't listen yeah. to music. If, I, if I'm <laughs> to read something, I cannot listen to music because I sort of, nah, 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 and then I just space out. <laughs> I need to you. sit down and read. <laughs> Hey, this is uh, a left of centre question, but I like asking all of the people that I talk to from Scandinavia this one here, okay? Mm-hmm. Because y- y- it's an observable fact. It's hard not to notice that Scandinavia, so the three nations of, uh, and I suppose Finland too, but uh, Denmark, uh, Sweden and Norway, punch well above their weight as a region in terms of musical output, rock, metal, mainly rock and metal, and indeed some of the best rock and metal. Here I go. I'm saying best when it's a subjective term, but anyway. The um, the, the reality is is that without without Sweden, Norway, Denmark, uh, but Sweden and Sweden in particular actually, talking about In Flames bands, bands that you may have heard of like In Flames and Duck Tranquility, this sort of thing, metal and rock may not have emerged. It may have re-emerged after the doldrums of the 90s, but it wouldn't have re-emerged the way that it did. Now, to this day, like I'm talking to you, you're from Sweden. I've been to uni with students that come from Sweden, all rock and metal fans. But no, when I say normal, like like us, you know, can have a conversation, all the rest of it. It's just one aspect of their life. What What's your take on growing up in Sweden and being surrounded by, uh, you know, there's there's just so many possibilities for you to be in such such great rock and metal bands there. It's just one of those regions, probably the only region in the world at the moment where there's a more, there's a higher and stronger probability of you emerging in a great rock or metal band than any other place in the planet. All right, I didn't know. <laughs> uh, now, I, I guess uh, we have. Um, this is a. I have to think uh, how to translate uh, what I will say. <laughs> um, we have uh, like a. <sighs> I don't. I don't know the words. So sorry. Um, <laughs> right. But we have uh, the opportunity to play music. Um, I, I met someone from the United States uh, that told me it was very strange to be a musician and don't read music, uh, like cheap music. And I don't, for example. Uh, David in our band, he does his music teacher as well. Um, but I think. Uh, 
So you just create um, in a rehearsal space. Uh, we have this in Sweden because there is um, Studieförbund. It's like study unities um, that is not part of an actual school. Okay. That you can join and you can have a rehearsal space through them. Um, and this helps. Um, I, I gotta Google this for you, uh, Studieförbund. Um, this is something I have to practice to say in English because uh, apparently <laughs> this I I'm at, at a loss at of words. But I think also uh, there is um, in the pandemic a lot of venues closed down and a lot of rehearsal space. Mm -hmm. uh, there is a lack. Uh, of rehearsal spaces now and this is um, dangerous because i think it's very important for uh, kids and adults to oh hey we're gonna start a band and not everyone has a house or owns a garage where you can rehearse so you need a place to uh, plug in and scream your lungs out and yeah. um, and uh, i think uh, if you get to do that and um, and then it comes natural to start writing songs and and then you have a band <laughs> because if you want to be there's a lot of past tracks you can be on a reality show and they look for a singer or bands but i think the way to go is to just uh, rehearse with some friends that are interested in playing music and yeah. keep at it uh, because you will be better and then you have a greater chance uh, to get your music out <laughs> in the world um because you have to practice and be a shitty band for a lot of years <laughs> and then maybe you do something decent and uh, today it's easier to get your music out remember uh when when you were to download like one song and it took 24 hours i remember and if yeah. someone uh lifted like the phone um yeah it Take would the phone off the receiver the yeah cut out yeah did it overnight you said to do it overnight yeah 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 so nowadays people can easily um get hold of you can type in like 70s rock music on spotify and you will have like a, a smorgasbord <laughs> a platter of different bands there you go yeah and um uh, it's easier for people to have like a home recording studio through your laptop and then you can record demos. So I think in, in that way, we're lucky to uh, be around at this time where the technology has come so far for um, each yeah. individual. Well, I, I think <laughs> I'm with you too. I think there's something else though too, which is which is what I've observed through the conversations that I've had with you know all these guys. In, I've had, chatted to all these guys in, in Flames and other bands from Sweden and. Uh, it's just something in the cultural lexicon in Sweden and Scandinavia in general, which tends to lean lean people more toward rock and metal. And I think it's a wonderful thing because it doesn't happen here. It's all bloody hip hop here these days and and stuff. Which all is right. it's we we're, Australia is interesting because we tend to. I know what our image is abroad, but it's not what it is when you come here. You will see that there there is parts of it that are like Crocodile Dundee or what have you, but it's very. Most of us have to live in the cities because it's so bloody hot everywhere. It's, mm -hmm. it's just too arid. You can't live anywhere else except for the cities, and unless you're working on the land or working in in agriculture or something like that. So, consequently, I think eighty five to ninety percent of our population live in cities, and so that means that we're trend driven because we're very much based on whatever the internet's doing. So, there's some killer metal bands. It's not that, but they're not very. It's very rare for an Australian metal band to be able to sort of break out of Australia and say then go overseas. They're psychroptic, but they've been around for like twenty five years. Okay, mm. but I think also, that... uh, uh, no, I was just going to say I think also that um, like uh, my band, for example, mm. is not very well known in Sweden, and we don't have this. It's we don't have uh, a lot of venues in to play live show at. Um, and people don't go out on a Sunday to listen to a, a random band yeah, at a pub or something. We don't have yeah. that in Sweden. But I, I think um, there was a documentary about uh, metal from Sweden and uh, that it's uh, doing a lot better abroad. <laughs> and, oh, okay. uh, 
yeah. Madeleine Rock um, uh, on our um, TV and Swedish TV station made a doc- documentary about this. So, um, so I guess this is something uh, a regular Swedish person wouldn't know a lot mm. about that we have a lot of bands uh, that is uh, way more uh, appreciated and uh, bigger uh, in other countries. Yes. Okay. I thought that might have been the case too, but you don't know until somebody tells you who's actually living there and part of the culture itself. Because you can read shit, but then who's who knows when you, who knows what narrative the journalist is trying to promote there. Yeah. Yeah. Rock, and yeah, I and also, rock. I I have only my perspective, of course. So another guy would tell you something else. <laughs> oh, I think it's. I've had all sorts of answers uh, to it, but I think ultimately, you know, being being. Being from that part of the world, it's just it's just a characteristic that there are a lot more rock and metal appreciators there, and therefore bands. It's just one of those things, and more power to you because the music that's coming out of there at the moment, like you guys, and there's Avatarium, you know, Marcus Shadell, fantastic guitarist, one of the best guitarists in the world at the moment, from the perspective that he's innovating, but he's still got that blues template. You know, there's uh, blues pills you're talking about. There's a band from Norway called Pristine who were also on Nuclear Blast as well who were very good. There's just, there's almost too many, really, when you dive into it. It's like how much can your attention span hold? And the answer is, well, only so so few. But you sort of, in my position, I try to give everything a chance. And that's why I have the music show because I've gotten feedback. That's a talent. Oh, that's true. a talent as well to give everything a chance for me if someone would like hey check out this band and i'm not in the right mood um it's not a good idea to check it out because i would it would be completely lost on me uh but if i'm feeling like yeah i want to check out this uh, new band doesn't matter what kind of band it is and mm. uh, it's mindset uh and you got it apparently if you are very open to new music and i think uh, people you sh- um, for me, uh, you should be in a certain mood to check out new music, <laughs> yeah. so you're open to it and can really give it a good listen. I'm probably so far toward that these days that I can't even listen to the older bands anymore. I've just got gotten sick of them. <laughs> I, I respect them, like Megadeth, Iron Maiden, and stuff, but I don't want to listen to their new material. I want to listen to you guys. So I've got <laughs> I've gotten to a point now where like I can listen to the new Megadeth album for like thirty seconds and I'm like. I grew up listening to Megadeth. I don't need to hear it. And oh. it's, it's it's okay, but it's it's not, you know, Countdown to Extinction or Euthanasia or whatever, the stuff that I loved back in the day. So I just sort of feel well, I had my time with it. I'm going to let the kids move on. But the weird, the weird thing, and I've talked about this a lot on the show, is that the, the few gigs that I go to that are all ages, so the festival shows, I don't go to many of them, but the amount of 12-year-olds that are wearing – the same band T-shirt that I wore when I was 12. <laughs> so, you know, Megadeths or, or uh, Morbid Angel, or not Morbid Angel, sorry, but the thrash band, Metallica, this thing in particular, Judas Priest, this sort of stuff. And it's like, man, get your own bands. Get Galper. Get get these bands that are part of your generation, <laughs> you know. Like they've had to go. Judas Priest and Iron Maiden aren't even really my generation. I'm in my mid-40s. They're sort of just before me, you know. I got into them at the yeah. tail end of Bruce when he was in them the first time around. and. I love the band, but I had my moment with them and I'm prepared, I've just sort of prepared to move on and embrace new music. And I do feel like some some rock and metal fans, they're uh they do that at the expense, they 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 stick to the old bands at the expense of the new. That could be the case. Um I thought about uh, what you said about the uh, band t-shirts like uh, Nirvana or mm. Black Sabbath or Metallica. Yeah. You can actually buy these T-shirts at H&M. Uh, and to me, yeah. that is a little bit strange because, uh, well, you're supposed to... Um, when I was younger, you couldn't get hold of on a band T-shirt that easily. Uh, me and my friend, we went to Stockholm and navigated around uh, like small rock shops. And uh, yeah, there you can buy like a T-shirt. Um and you were so cool <laughs> in your T-shirt, but nowadays it's see, it's like uh, some kids might think that the, the these bands are like a fashion brand. I don't yeah, know. I think that goes on a little bit. Well, well, back in the day, there was specialist music stores like uh, Utopia in mm-hmm. Sydney and Rocking Horse in Brisbane, and apart from that, you had to go to the gig. 
and buy the tour T-shirt. Mm. That was it. Yeah. You, like you couldn't when, – when when U2 went through town, you'd see all these kids wearing a U2 T-shirt the next mm-hmm. month or two afterwards or Metallica mm-hmm. or Nirvana, to your point, you know. There, there's, yeah. a, there's a famous story about Nirvana. Nirvana toured Australia when they were just – when they just exploded, so beginning in 1992. And they mm-hmm. played real, I'm not saying small venues, but they certainly weren't stadiums. They were halls and some pubs. And uh, some of the pubs only have like a capacity of, say, 2,000 people. Well, apparently mm-hmm. 100,000 people went to those shows because that's all of the people that say that they were there and they bought the t shirt. The point is, yeah. people love the nostalgia of this <laughs> shit and say, oh, I was there. And it's like, no, you, no, you weren't. Like, sorry, but like, I was around back then and I couldn't have been fucked going, excuse my language, but yeah, it's, <laughs> you know, I remember Nirvana coming through town and I was like, oh, another here today, Ben, gone tomorrow. Because that's what it felt like at the time, to be honest with you. Yeah. But, you know, then it's sort of caught tell on. At the moment, it's, you did, no one knew that they were going to be like legends later. <laughs> no. And if you read the- about, um, yeah, if you, I read the Mark Lanigan uh, biography. Yeah. I don't know if you, it's called Sting Backwards and Weep or something like that. I've heard so, of it, yeah. I, yeah, check it I, out, yeah. I, I read it and, and I really enjoyed it. And he talks about Nirvana and also Nick Cave and just people who he, he crosses uh, paths with. Um, mm. It's very interesting because they, for him and, and his uh, perspective, it's just regular people playing in different bands, you know. <laughs> and now it's sort of oh, Nirvana is a legend, you know. So you can you cannot tell when it's happening. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I was who was it was a reading a book or a statement by somebody. Who was it? It was uh, somebody who was in those scenes. It might have been Buzz Osborne from the Melvins or somebody like that. But they're like you're, you're these people are your heroes, but they're actually my friends, and a lot of them are dead now. And like mm. Chris Cornell and Mark Lanigan and Kurt Cobain, and there's many mm. others that are no longer with us. Uh, Lane mm. Staley from Alice in Chains, you know, I mean, that whole scene had a bloody awful mortality rate when you think about it. Uh, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, it was very well, I don't, it's, whether it was a depressive scene or what have you, but uh, yeah, it was a lot of them didn't reach 50. A shitload yeah. of them didn't reach, reach 50 and uh, way more than, say, when you look at, say, rock bands or what have you, uh, other rock uh, genres, if you like. But, um, yeah, it was a, it was an interesting era. Having lived through it, it was uh, – it's an eternal source of fascination to me because I see how people reinvent that era now. Mm. So it's almost 30 years ago and I see how people talk about it, particularly in Pitchfork, Rolling Stone, mm-hmm. and I go and check out their Twitter bio and they're like, 24 25 and i'm thinking you weren't even alive back then it's it must it must have been like when i was a kid and reading what the 60s were like yeah by people who weren't alive back then or around back then to experience it so they're sort of taking other people's perspective and co-opting it in some way and look it was people forget and here's the important point when nirvana were at their biggest pearl jam etc the people that were topping the charts were still boys to men Mariah yeah. Carey, Celine Dion. It was this shit that was number one. It wasn't those bands. Like they might have had a number one for a little bit, but then it got bumped mm-hmm. off very quickly by this other stuff. Like it's still yeah. a fringe. It's still on the periphery. It just a lot of people write about it, and that's the point. Yeah. You know? But it's very interesting because um, if you think about the concept of success, what is success? Mm. Is it to be on top of the chart or is it to have a lot of money? Uh, or is it to be, I don't know, to do what you love? It comes down to, to that. And um, mm. in what we do, uh, the most important thing, uh, as we talked about before, um, is to that you, you do it because you need to do it. And I think this is something you have to value as a success as well. Mm. Um, and people don't in general, <laughs> because it, uh, it often comes down to, um, money or uh, influence that, um, uh, you know, uh, topping a chart or something. Mm. Um, People can relate to that as a successful thing. (laughs) Yeah, too many people, to your point, yeah, they don't see success as the fact that you're actually doing it, and you guys are certainly doing it. (laughs) And you you (laughs) do. I'm trying, yeah. It's, I would have loved to have done what you did, but I'm I'm way beyond it now. Like I've, I've got kids and stuff. It's it's beyond. It's it's never. I, I would. I tried, believe me, but it was Australia. I was told. Uh, 
I, I, you know, Bob Daisley. Bob Daisley was in Ozzy Osbourne's band and Uriah Heep and stuff. He's he's from Sydney. He's an Australian bloke, and um, I got to talk to him a couple of times over the phone. You know, when he was uh, doing producing and some lessons and stuff. And I remember when I was, uh, I would have been twenty four even at the time. And and he goes, I think I don't think he said. I'm going to I'm going to paraphrase him here. So, but um, he said, look, if you want to make it, you've got to leave it. Australia, you can't. It's not going to happen. You've got to go to London or London, New York, or Los Angeles, and just try hard because he—that's what he did, and he made it. He did it. He left, bloke from Sydney, got into a plane. There's, a, he's got his biography out there. You know, he had the the uh, remorse, feeling of remorse in the air, flying over. You know, to London, going shit. What the hell have I done? You know, it's going to cost me a fortune, and it didn't happen for years for him. But then it happened. So you, you got to be in it. You got to be in it to win it. But you guys don't have to do that because you've, you know, you, you, it's obviously already happening for you. So, so I'll, I'll wrap things up. But I want to leave you with this final question. Um, so touring, you mentioned that you're touring next year, is it in May or thereabouts? So, yeah. does that will that possibly involve coming to Australia and the United States as well? Not in May uh, next year, and um, unfortunately, that's uh, an all Europe tour but we would love to um go to australia of course and we would love to go to the united states of course and we'd like to go everywhere <laughs> and play um shows uh, because it's uh, there's a different nerve i would say when you attend a live show it might not might not be uh, on record you can you can do a lot and you want to be to produce good records but you want to have the live feeling the nerve that comes uh, with playing a live show mm -hmm. and so so i would say that is something very special to all of us uh, to be able to perform and meet people as well that are happy and want, yes. and want to listen to what we do and get to talk to people that's uh, fantastic yeah so it is indeed hopefully yeah. you, can, you can come Fingers crossed we see you guys down here. You certainly deserve to have a uh, a decent tour book or a show booked and uh, be able to come down here and play the major cities if you like because I'd love to see you guys live. Um, to experience what you guys are doing on album live I think would be would be something special. It was so nice to have a conversation with you. Thank you so much for wanting to talk with me. <laughs> I was looking forward to it. And I, was, I love the band, so I was looking forward to it. I said that to John. I was like, yeah, these guys are good on them. Definitely. When, when when your name came up, I was like, yeah, definitely. I was really hoping. There's a few bands that on the roster that came up. So really, thank you for the chat. And uh, yeah, God bless. And uh, I hope everything comes. Uh, I hope everything that you work hard for happens for you. Yeah, same to you. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. All right. Ciao. Have, thank you. Have a, a good night. Yeah, you have a great rest of the day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank you. No worries. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye. So there you have it. I told you it was a special chat. That was Emma Nasland from the Swedish outfit Galpa. The album is titled Myriad and I encourage you to go along to Spotify. It'll be released on November 18th, actually, incidentally, 2022. Should add the year, just in case you're listening to this sometime in the distant future. The album is an absolute cracker. It will for sure be in my top 10 year-end 2022 list. Who knows who else will make it, but uh, Galpa are assured of a place. Now, if you liked that chat, there are some more just like it over at scarsandguitars.com. Click on the link in the banner as well, because if you like reading, you'll be taken to a marketplace of your choice and you can download a sample of my book. So if you like listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast, maybe you'd like to read the book as well. So I've got some more information about the book to share with you. That'll be coming up soon. But before we go and have a listen to that, I want to bid you a fond farewell. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith, and I'm the host of the Scars and Guitars podcast series. Until next time, it is a very goodbye for now. This is Eric Rutan of Cannibal Corpse. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast with Andrew McKay-Smith. I've been the host of the Scars and Guitars podcast since 2017. The first musician I interviewed for the show was David Vincent from Morbid Angel, and things have just snowballed from there. In all, 
I've posted almost 650 podcast episodes featuring conversations with many of the leading lights of rock, heavy metal and beyond. It just got to a point where I thought, I need to write a book about all this, so that's exactly what I did. In Scars and Guitars Volume 1, you'll read a heap of deep reveals and commentary, such as Des Fafara talking about Cold Chamber and why the band will never return. You know, if you're a, a band just starting out, you need to hear me. Do not start a band with partners. Ever. Yeah, wise words there. Sage advice, mate, for anybody. Don't ever, because I, I can't go do Cold Chamber right now unless I get others involved. Phil Anselmo talks about the episode in his career, which gives him the greatest sense of accomplishment. I think the staying power of the, the fans and the staying power of the... I, of the songs, you know, whether it's Pantera, Down, or Superjoint, the fans remember the songs. Alex Skolnick from Testament confirms that, yes, playing the guitar in Ozzy's band is anything but an ordinary gig. Will Silent Oz from Demu Borgir write a book? Pa from Sabaton gives advice to people who want to start a band. Look at the team around you, look at the bandmates. If, uh, if the guys want to be on the stage, then it's all cool. If the guys want to be backstage, then it's not going to be cool. Current and former members of Cradle of Filth discuss the band's seminal 90s material. Read about the reaction to George Lynch and Mark from Suicide Silence's comments when they throw shade at then-President Donald Trump. We have this idiotic monster, you know, this egotistical, self-aggrandizing, complete piece of shit in there I, I, I just i just can't understand how we've gotten to this place and yeah we kicked a hornet's nest with sepultura percussive overlord gene hoagland talks about recording with chuck Schuldiner. chuck was always um you know he was he was very you know very open-minded and and he was into having his his musicians that were playing with him just reach out for, for the best stuff that they have. Phil Campbell from Motorhead discusses what it takes to get sober. John Five answers his critics who dismiss his tenure with Marilyn Manson. You know, my name is John Five and Manson gave me that name and um, I had some of the best years of my life in that band and, and learned a lot. And we get the lowdown on Trey Zagtoth from those who would know, including his mother. All across Scars and Guitars Volume 1, there are moments of tension, relief, tragedy, exhilaration, and throughout it all, you'll obtain insight that I believe no one else has managed to obtain from many of your favourite artists. So treat yourself. Scars and Guitars Volume 1 is currently available as an ebook with a print edition on the horizon. Follow the links attached and download a sample. I'm sure you'll be compelled to read the whole book.